This is the Hook Better Leads podcast. My name is Tim Brown, and my guest today is Eric Anderton. How's it going, Eric? Tim, it's great. Thank you for having me on the show here today. Absolutely. So Eric uh, has a consultancy and a podcast that, uh, called Construction Genius. Uh, they help build leaders by providing them with training, strategy, sales, and leadership with practical tools that they can use. And today we're talking about the generation gap and how to motivate millennials and Gen Z in construction. And you don't have to listen to this podcast to know that there is kind of a sourcing problem with talent in the, in the construction industry. Um, and a lot of construction companies, whether it be residential, commercial, what have you, um, are dealing with that. And so we're gonna ask Eric about what he's seen out in the field with that. And um, just from your overall perspective, what is the problem in the industry right now regarding uh, getting great people in your organization? And is it is it uncommonly hard right now or is it just, that's always been hard? Well, I think there's a couple of things going on. One, one um, I'd like to start with this idea of the generation gap. I think that's a lot of BS, um, really. Okay. And, and, and the reason why I say that is because ballers ball. That's what I, that's what yeah. I always I think of and I, I always um, you know, talk to my clients about. Ballers ball and you can find ballers in every generation, just like you can find <laughs> scrubs in every generation. I like that. Um, and the, there's, there's a real, um, the, the, sometimes the older folks, we get this mindset, you know, people who are in their 50s and 60s that the younger people are, you know, X, Y, and Z, and they start complaining about them. And I just tell my clients, just shut up. Stop complaining about these people yeah. because there are ballers in those younger generations. It's mm -hmm. your job to identify them. And the reason why perhaps you haven't yet is because you yourself are kind of lacking on that high performance mentality. And so yeah. I know I was talking to one of my clients yesterday. This guy's 30 years old. He's a general superintendent in a very large engineering um and a dirt moving company. And, and he has, he's skyrocketed his, his career in his twenties and he's got the next 20 years to really kick some butt. And this guy's 30 years old. I know plenty of contractors who have guys who are 30 to 40 years old in senior level positions who are really doing amazing work. So I don't think that generation gap is there as much as people think it is. I love that. So as we're attracting people, though, you know, the, you know, there's is this pain of trying to attract high performers and to identify them quickly. Yes. Right? To identify them quickly. And a lot of people interview well or, you know, these types of things are. And then when they get in there, they're not hard workers or something yes. like that. So in your experience, have you seen anything that helps people identify hard workers more quickly? How do how do you identify a baller? Yep. You identify a baller. It's really interesting. The guy I'm talking, talking to you about, he, he um, was the captain of his soccer team at a D1 um, college um, level, and he actually played professionally in Germany for a period of time. And so that's an example of one way that you identify ballers is you actually find people from competitive athletic backgrounds. Mm -hmm. You don't find recreational athletes, but you find people who've played competitive sports in high school or in college because they understand the construction mentality that we need to bring this project in on time, under budget and safely. And, and that's gonna be the win for us. And we're not gonna be satisfied with anything less than high performance. And so one of the tactics that I encourage my clients to use and they found to be extremely successful is look to the competitive athletes in universities and um, in high schools and think about those folks as potential pipelines for your organization. Nice. Um, any other little bits on, you know, let's say we're a competitive athlete or like, you know, filtering? 
Yep. Prospective employees. Another filter is, is the military. Um, that can be an extremely effective one as well. So I have clients who have multiple people in their businesses who come from a military background. One of the guys that I'm working with right now, we're, we're actually working with him just to take a little bit of that military edge off because um, it, it is a bit of a challenge yeah. for some yeah. folks. Um, but it's also extremely helpful to have that discipline and that focus and that willingness to show up and push through pain because the construction business by, by its nature, one of my clients said it really well, construction, it sucks, but it's fun, right? Mm -hmm. So you've got to be able to get through the suck in order to get to the fun and people from a military background, particularly folks who have been on um, actually active tours of duty and are coming back into the civilian workforce. Those are another good target for people who want to find talent for the construction industry. Awesome. Another uh, topic that I think will be useful to our audience is the managing outcomes instead of just tasks. So how do you How do you manage performance with these, even the high performers, they need structure. We need to create a motivating environment. We need to get clarity on what we want them to accomplish. So how have you seen using outcomes versus tasks um, useful? Yeah, it's, it's really important, particularly in a blended work environment. Uh, most co- commercial contractors at the moment are in a blended environment where you have, you have a few folks in the office. You obviously have people out in the field. And because, um, you know, we're going through the COVID right now when we're recording this. So, you know, there's, there's people out in the field, essential workers getting the, the jobs done. And then you have folks at home. So we have this blended work environment. And it's really easy for out of sight, out of mind. And so that's why um, construction leaders need to shift from managing by tasks to managing by outcomes. And so the key is you may be clear in your mind what the outcome is that a project manager or a project engineer is supposed to achieve, but you've got to ask yourself the question, are they clear on it? I was just chatting with a um, a billion dollar contractor last week and um, they were bemoaning the fact a little bit that their project executives were not active enough in business development. So I asked to see their job description. And in the job description, there was nothing in there about business development. So I said, well, here's your first problem. You've got nothing here about business development. And so what you've got to be able to do is, as far as managing by outcomes is clearly define what you expect each person's um, uh, um, role to achieve and then sit down with them and ask them, what are you going to do to achieve this in terms of the tasks that, that lead to the accomplishment of the outcome? Mm-hmm. And it's very important that you have that conversation because you may be clear on what the tasks are, but they may not be clear. And then once they understand the tasks that lead to the outcome, you have to then really focus because there's so much that people need to do in order to execute their, their job responsibilities that in order to improve performance, there needs to be a very specific focus. Because if there isn't a specific focus, then that performance doesn't tend to increase and you tend to get mediocrity. So you have to, inv- you have to be able to identify their most important outcome and then the most important task that leads to the outcome and then ask them this question, in what specific ways Can you improve your performance of the most important task that leads to your most important outcome in the next 30 days? And then give them two minutes to write down as many ideas as they can come up with. And you at the same time should write down as many ideas as you can come up with to that question for them. And then what you do is you compare your lists. So you sit down with your direct report and you compare what they think they need to do with what you need to do, what what you think they need to do. And then together you come to an agreement on one or two items, one or two ways that they can improve the performance 
of the most important task that leads to the most important outcome, and then you hold them accountable for that on a weekly basis for 30 days and you see how their performance improves. That's awesome, I love that. You know, you kind of mentioned that you look at high-performing athletes as a model for how per perhaps executives and high-performing employees can um, improve what they're doing. Um, how do you how do you take like what principles are you taking from high-performing athletes and applying to the uh, construction environment? It's a great question. So I, I I like to tell my clients the story of um, a, a young woman named Mary. And actually she was, I don't even consider her a young woman when the story started. She was a, a girl, she's 13 years old. And she, she was swimming um, competitively and she made a commitment that she wanted to break the world record in the 200 meter butterfly. And she was already a very good swimmer, but what she did is she made two changes that really caused her to um, achieve breakthroughs in her swimming. And they were very simple changes. The first one, she started showing up on time to practice. So that was just a matter of discipline. So she made a choice of discipline. And the second one is she began to, when she was swimming her laps, she began to touch at the end with two hands on the wall before she made her flip. And apparently when you touch with two hands, it's a better technique than touching with one hand and it speeds you up. Okay, so she didn't say, okay, in order to achieve the world record, I just need to do more swimming laps. You know, I need to do more, 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 more. Instead, she focused in on a little bit more discipline showing up on time and one technique. So that combination of discipline and technique had a massive impact and she broke the world record when she was 14 and went on in 1984 to win two gold medals at the, um, the, the Olympic Games in Los Angeles. That was Mary Megger. So she just made those two very slight changes in discipline and in um, technique, and that had a massive impact on her performance. So that's what you wanna really look at, is yeah. where are your, the people that report to you, where are they failing a little bit on discipline? That they could tune that in just a touch, and where is it that they could perhaps change their technique just slightly, and that slight change in technique can have a massive impact on their outcomes. That's huge, I like it. So we, we talked a little bit before the podcast about just like, uh, let's say a trouble employee or somebody that's not quite uh, living up to the expectations. Sometimes it's, you had a very high expectation for them coming in because they, they presented as a baller, so to speak. Um, how do you determine whether it's our fault or their fault? Like as a, as a business owner, somebody who wants the best for this person, um, but you're trying to figure out, because sometimes it is our fault as a, as a business owner and a, or, or an executive that we have not created a motivating work environment, or we haven't given them clarity on what the outcome is and those types of things. How do you determine whether it's our fault or their fault? And where do you make the, draw the line of, hey, maybe we have to let you go or those types of things? Because it does, it is a lot of work to try to replace employees. It is, it is, particularly in a tight labor market. So there's, there's three things that make a, a good employee. Um, the first one is skill. The second one is will. And the third one is culture fit. Okay, so whenever you have a troubled employee, the first thing you want to ask is the skill question. And you, you want to ask, do they have both the capability and the capacity to execute their role? And if they don't, is that a matter of their cognitive abilities? Or is it a matter of us not giving them the training they need? So someone might be struggling just because they don't know how to do something, or they haven't had enough time to perfect the skill, and you need to spend some time training them. 
Second question you've got to ask is the will question. And this particularly happens when folks get later on in their career. They may have the skill, but they may not have the inner drive anymore. So for instance, I was just, um, I've just finished up listening to Elon Musk's biography. And um, you might have the skill to work at SpaceX, but if you don't have the will, you are not going to fit. If you're not willing to work 12 hours a day, six to seven days a week, you are not going to fit at SpaceX. So you've got not only to have skill, but will. And then the third thing is culture. Culture is vital. Um, I know a, a gentleman who is an extremely talented construction professional. He really wants to succeed in his um, career, but he struggles with the culture of the company that he works in. And so this is one of the things you've got to ask is sometimes you have someone who has skill and they have will, but they're just not a fit. And you're doing them a disservice by allowing them to stay in your company if they're not a cultural fit with the way that you run your business. Mm -hmm. So in order to be able to ask yourself a question, is it time for someone to move on? You've got to ask those three questions, skill, will, culture. Do they have the skill? Do they have the will? Are they a cultural fit? If you're not sure on two of those three, then it may be time to move them on. If it's only one of those three, then it's worth a conversation. Um, and it's worth working with them to see what you can do to help them with either the skill piece, the will piece, or the culture piece. Awesome. I love it. I, I know that we kind of glossed over the Gen Z and millennial thing at the beginning, because I agree, I agree with you 100%. There's ballers in every generation, and, and it's important yep. to recognize that. I do want to, you know, there is cultural differences sometimes within generations. So I want to briefly yes. go over if you have anything that you've seen for younger employees or people that are earlier in their career. Um, and I mean, millennials are now as old as 36 and 37 now, I think. Yes. So like, it's not all just, you know, super young, but like, what have you seen maybe helps if you have any other little tips, I understand that we, I agree with you 100% there's ballers in every generation, but is there anything that you've seen help motivate those people, little tips, two or three tips that you could give us? Yeah, sure. Um, I think one thing you've got to understand, um, I mean, I, I know that you understand this, but people have to understand is that the way that that um, Gen Z and um, especially uh, younger millennials, the way they process information, they way, the way they look at um, information capture and retention is completely different from the way that older people do. Um, and so, for instance, you know, they've had the world in their hands from when they were babies. Okay, all the information they need is right here. And so they don't see the virtue necessarily in all the research and all the hard work and the grind that let's say I used to have to do to put together a presentation. And mm -hmm. they have so many more skills as far as information gathering and processing that perhaps older people don't appreciate. And it's so important that folks who are in their 50s and 60s understand that they have a talent, these younger people, a talent of, of gathering information and synthesizing information very quickly and very effectively. And they need to tap into that and make sure that they're leveraging those folks in their organization in an effective way. Oh, that's good. Yeah. How about a weakness? I mean, here's the deal. I need a little spiciness from you. You got okay, so this me, is this is. Yeah. Are you talking about the weakness of the younger generations? Yes, yes absolutely. Okay, I listen, think you're not in high school anymore, and you're yeah. not in college anymore. I want to encourage you to stop getting offended so easily. Yeah. Okay. Stop it. Yeah. 
okay? Um, P, everyone does not have to conform to your outlook on the world. Yeah. Okay. If you're an employee in an organization and they're paying your wages and they're giving you a place to work, you need to be willing to adapt to them. And I tell you one of the ways I see this. Um, have you ever heard of Coinbase? Yes, sir. Okay. So have you read, did you read the recent blog post from, um, from the Coinbase CEO on um, the mission focused? I, I have not. You could okay, so so I did a whole podcast on this. He basically yeah. wrote a, um, a blog post saying, um, because of the political activism of some of the younger folks in his company, and and the, and 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 those younger people wanting the um, organization to make political stands in various areas, and he wrote this whole blog post and he said, "Listen, we are mission focused. If it isn't ba if it isn't um, concerning the mission of our organization, we are not going to take a political stand. We're yeah. an equal opportunity employee. You're all welcome to work here if you buy into the mission. We're not going to discriminate against anyone based on any of those equal opportunity employee parameters. But we are not." a political organization, okay? Mm -hmm. If you wanna play politics, play it outside of work, don't bring it to work because it pollutes organizations and it divides organizations and keeps organizations from achieving their goals. And mm -hmm. let me say this, I think a lot of these um, corporations make a deep, deep mistake in their virtue signaling that they mm -hmm. do. I, I, it's disgusting to me, okay? I have no problem with people holding different political opinions, but these corporations putting on LinkedIn the, their, their solidarity with this cause or that cause, because they think they need to do that in order to appear virtuous and not to take heat from people. Listen, stop doing that kind of stuff. Stay mission focused on what you do and don't feel that you have to display to the world some kind of fake virtue in order to justify yourself. If you're a good business and you're solving problems and you're adding values, a value to the, um, to the, um, to the community, that is sufficient. You need to yeah. focus it on your mission and not worry about all that other, in my mind, political BS that divides people unnecessarily. Hey, you didn't hold back. I like that. And I appreciate your uh, perspective there for sure. The, uh, the, maybe if you wanna give them the URL that they could look at, uh, if they wanna talk to you about particularly building leaders, providing them with training strategies, sales and leadership, practical tools, what is, where should they check you out? Yeah, check me out at ericanderton.com. You can find out more about me there. Um, and you can also find me on LinkedIn. Just Google Eric Anderton. And of course, at my podcast, constructiongenius.net. And awesome. one of the best, yeah, one of the best ways to get to know me, just listen to my podcast. You'll, you'll get an idea of the kind of work that I do, both with the solo shows and the, and the interviews. Um, you'll get tons of value from that. Check that out. If you ever want to contact me about strategy, leadership, or sales for commercial contractors, feel free just to reach out to me. Love it. Thank you so much for joining us. And I really appreciate the uh, useful content for the commercial contractors on here. And yeah, join us um, every week for the Hook Better Leads podcast. Uh, and it's Hook Agency, hookagency.com and all over social Hook Agency. Thank you so much again, Eric, and have a great day. Thank you, Tim.